0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Back. Looks like most of you are back here. It's always nice to see people coming back from breaks. <laughs> um, so, and by this time... You've heard uh, several different flavors of equanimity that we've been introducing in this uh, class related to um, Upeka, right? And so the um, uh, wisdom factor, awakening factor, um, equanimity shows up uh, in there, and which we shared in the first class. And then the uh, second class, so we shared this hard uh, quality uh, equanimity, And today you've heard this third quality that's related to samadhi, uh, collectedness. So we thought uh, maybe it um, is worthwhile to maybe tie this uh, together uh, in this part of uh, uh, teaching and sharing, maybe using this capstone idea. And so I'm going to share a screen to show this picture again, just as a way to review this. So you're able to see this picture, hopefully. Um, and so you can see the capstone is this uh, rock sitting at the top. Um, maybe just kind of use very soft gaze to look at this a little bit. See, what's some of the felt sense of this capstone sitting, where it's at in this structure? Get some felt sense of it. And for me, a couple of things um, jump out. The first one is that of a balance. I think... um, We've heard this from uh, some of the reports uh, you shared. And um, in the last few days of the teaching, we've also talked about equanimity can be thought of as a balancing agent <laughs> in our practice. Um, balances out of uh, too much pressure, or striving versus lack of effort. Balancing out... Uh, in the realm of Brahma-viharas, providing a source and ground from which uh, the other Brahma-viharas can come from. And similarly in the realm of a samadhi. And so that's one flavor. The other thing uh, that uh, jumped out in this picture for me as a capstone is the overarching impact of this capstone on the whole structure. You notice this, if you take this capstone out, the whole structure might collapse. And so equanimity is in uh, all these different flavors, and maybe in subtle ways or strong ways. And when it's mature, it may look kind of almost a fragile, you know, like sitting on top and, you know, barely balancing there. Yet, It has such a potent and important dimension in this whole structure. And that is true uh, in terms of equanimity in our practice as well. So now uh, I'm going to bring up this image, which David shared um, a couple of days ago. And so there's three uh, flavors we've been talking about um, the seven factors of awakening, Brahma Viharas and Samadhi are uh, the also kind of known as the three lists showing up uh, uh, repeatedly in the Pali Canon. Um, they are uh, in the picture, they are ordered and they're often spoken about uh, in the, are, are talked about in and the canon in this order, um, Pali Canon in this order. But I would uh, say, um, you know, we can uh, look at this in different ways. So let's uh, review these three flavors a little bit. And I'll just remind you where they show up and then some of the similes that we've been reading uh, from the suttas. Um, the first one is uh, Equanimity being an awakening factor or a wisdom factor. And the words in the sutta, in the text, that used to describe um, this form of equanimity from MN 140 it's a purified and bright, malleable, wieldy, and radiant. And that's the quality of this flavor of equanimity. And the last time when we spoke about this, uh, we didn't read the simile related to this, which is a Goldsmith simile. And so we'll read this simile today. Um, it is in the shared document as well in case you wanted to read that yourself. Otherwise, you can just listen to it almost like a meditatively. How does it feel like? What is this quality like? Suppose skilled goldsmith or his or her apprentice were to prepare a furnace, heat up the crucible, take some gold with the tongs and put it into the crucible. From time to time, the practitioner would blow on it. From time to time, the practitioner would sprinkle water over it. And from time to time, the practitioner would just look on. That gold would become refined, well-refined, completely refined, faultless, rid of dross, malleable, wieldy, and radiant. Then whatever kind of ornament he or she wished to make from it, whether a golden chain or earrings or a necklace or a golden garland, it would serve his or her purpose. So too, then there remains only equanimity, purified and bright, malleable, wieldy and radiant. So the sense that uh, evokes in me when I read this is it's a very awake, alive, responsive form of equanimity and that is ripe for leading to clear seeing and for the insight and wisdom to come from it. And so that's the quality of um, being an awakening factor. And then the, as a hard quality in Brahma-Viharas, and the Upaka equanimity, evokes a sense of um, wide open heart. I think uh, Kim mentioned this last time uh, and, uh, in the teaching as well. And um, uh, Diana also mentioned this. And the other dimension of this is for this wide open boundless forms of uh, upekka, it does not exclude anything. I think some of you report this, right? The experience can just come in and out from this experience. There's no exclusion from this. And the Sutta uh, in Majjhima Nikaya number seven, I think David uh, guided us to read, uh, has this kind of statement. And um, to review this, one abides, pervading. The all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with equanimity, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. What a potent of state being. And last time when Diana talked about the relationships of the four Brahma-viharas, I can see if love, compassion, and joy comes from a source of equanimity, you can really trust it. Yeah, and so so that's the sense as a heart quality, uh, how it gets expressed. And then today, uh, uh, David share, so shared some teaching around how uh, upaka show up in the state of samadhi, being collected, deep and profound sense of well-being and contentment and peace. Yeah. So uh, since we just shared the sutta, we won't go there again. Um, but I just want to say a few words. Maybe I'll stop sharing now. See, a few words about uh, these different flavors. Um, the first thing to say is that even though uh, these are depict, uh, oftentimes depicted, depicted as uh, lists, uh, lists of the seven factors, a list of the four Brahma Viharas, the four jhanas, sometimes I think of them as beautiful mandalas of the heart and mind and the body. And the uh, mandalas in the sense of immense beauty in all of this. And uh, each of these different flavors uh, could be cultivate, cultivated explicitly by dedicating practices uh, in their own domain. And they also blend into each other. They support each other. As you probably have already found that in the bubbles, a uh, concentration show up. Uh, not only in samadhi, but also in the seven factors of awakening. And the Brahma-Vihara is often considered as um, uh, samadhi practice as well. And similarly, a joy shows up in all those different lists. And so we don't have to kind of rigidly uh, separate this. They are really wholesome qualities that kind of intermingle With each other, and sometimes uh, through our skillful or wise uh, discernment, uh, we may discern certain qualities um, that are present uh, more prominent uh, than otherwise. But um, um, however they might show up for the uh, uh, in you, allow them to kind of really nourish you and deepen inside of you. And the other thing I would say is um, also maybe with the notion of a mandala, even even though the lists are in certain orders, but we know that our practice is not linear or even orderly <laughs> or neat. <laughs> so uh, we don't have to be very uptight uh, by the order. It's one particular form and the sequence and the uh, a map uh, that can be helpful from time to time when, when we look into that. But just know our practice, um, where, where we are, that's where we began. Uh, and it can be in a uh, different um, dimensions of those factors or the um, uh, dwellings. It could be uh, that um, you know we're f- for, uh, starting from the very beginning and um, And so skillfully finding our practice in all of these different territories will be really, really supportive of our practice. And the last couple of words I'll say is that even though equanimity in our picture is seen as a capstone in the picture, kind of somehow sitting at the top, but there is really no limit to the beautiful qualities of heart and mind in all of these different mandalas. There is no boundaries to the quality of the love. No boundaries limits to the qualities of joy. And the reason I say that is uh, we practice not just for our own well-being, but also for the well-beings of all beings for the world. And so these qualities that we're cultivating, as we begin to hold them with a boundless heart, we can allow this to really mature and, and uh, grow in just boundless ways, limitless ways. And then that allows us to hold you know, the 10,000 uh, sorrows and joys all around us and within us. Yeah, so I just end and say to say that may and um, the practice of equanimity really be a benefit for all beings. Okay, so.